Hello. <laughs> Hello, Pip. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's just like your presence was announced by a lot of background noise. It was so <laughs> like a really shit wrestler. <laughs> it's like just walking from another dimension. Yeah, the worst runner ever. Like, oh, he's here. <laughs> His name is Craven. He likes white ravens, and he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave, he cancels saves, he likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom, he plays for fun, and if you beat him then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Hello and welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. This is episode 69, or as the bingo men like to call it, a favourite of mine. Today, I, Dave Bamford, your king of the castle, am joined by Mr Thomas Peel. Say hello, Tom. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm all right. And we're joined by uh, Mr. Tony Makos. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Dave. How on earth are you? Lovely, thank you. Lovely. I want Good to, stuff. before we start talking about Thrones, which is what this podcast is generally about, I'd like to say thank you for my free drink the other day, Tony. <laughs> you are more than welcome. <laughs> Compliance technology. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was in Spoons uh, with some friends from work. Um, and I was telling Tony and some others about how good the app was, that you could just order a beer <laughs> at your table. Uh, and it took less than 60 seconds for a pint to be delivered to me. I didn't have to get my wallet out. Just, you know, it was lovely stuff. Um, and Reese said that the best thing about it is that you can order a beer from the Netherlands. And, okay, great. So Reese sent me a Jack and Coke across the sea, which was pretty nice. <laughs> and uh, Tony, having just got hold of my table number and which pub I was in, sent me two cheeky monkeys, which are uh, smoothies. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was much appreciated. <laughs> you can't go out drinking on a Friday night in the spoons, Dave, without a couple of cheeky monkeys. Mm. <laughs> it certainly brightened up my Friday afternoon. Um, and my boss was uh, very impressed. <laughs> and, well, of course, don't get me wrong, they were also very cheap. Yes, I can imagine. <laughs> that's, why you got, that's why you got two, I think. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so... Today we are going to discuss the Bristol Regional, which happened yesterday, the Cardiff Regional, which happened today, but I wasn't there, uh, mm-hmm. the Tyrell Box, which was spoiled, we think, after the last time we recorded, because it did take a couple of weeks for us to get the last episode out, and mm-hmm. uh, the chapter pack, The Red Wedding, in, in passing, we won't be doing a full chapter pack review, uh, and then we will also be discussing the Battle of Blackwater Bay, which is next weekend, I'm ever so excited for it. Mm. So... First up, the Bristol Regional. Tell um, us about it. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was just thinking, oh, we're going to start with this, and I'm just going to be monologuing for uh, for five minutes again. Um, well, let's, let's let's see if we let's see if we can kind of like fake structure it then. Tell you what, Dave, I hear you were at the Bristol Regional yesterday. <laughs> I, I, I was at the Bristol Regional uh, yesterday, Tony. It was a lovely event with 59 players. How about you tell us some more about it? <laughs> uh, it, it was it was hosted in Bristol in the in the future inn. And the, the TO future was, inn. The TO mm. was Liam, who uh, TO'd at nationals last year and Euros this year. So he's Good an lad. experienced uh, old hand at this now. 
And uh, I played Baratheon, Banner of the Kraken, or as I like to call it, the Shooting Stars. The Vicar Bob deck. Yes. Uh, and I chose that because I wanted to use my Baratheon house card, which I won at Worlds a few years ago. I haven't used it for a while. Uh, and I like to show off. And uh, <laughs> I also wanted to play Sea Bitch. So that was my deck decided for me, basically. But it, it was good fun, you know? Bit of intimidate, bit more intimidate. Uh, I hear that's good nowadays. Apparently, it's quite nice. Yeah, that's good. Um, had to call over Liam twice to discuss how intimidate actually worked. <laughs> it was concerning because we weren't really sure whether you could trigger two instances of intimidate in one challenge. You can indeed. No, you can't. Really? Oh, well, you sure you can do it from two separate characters? Or nope. Really? Yeah, that's why we had to call the judge over. What's the point in having a Vicar Bob deck? Well, one on the power challenge, <laughs> one on the military challenge. Yeah, well, I guess. Still. Yeah, it was wow. awful disappointing. The other no, that... one was uh, there was a Jon Snow with a uh, a dagger attached, and he was immune to character abilities. And I've had thinking yeah. is intimidate a character ability, and we think no. Hard ability. That's what the book said. So. Right, that's very interesting. I've had. Uh, shall we say gentle back and forth with uh, a member of the online community about this before um, It was this was very very simple in first edition, one of the very few things that were simple in first edition and second edition was the keywords were keywords and keywords weren't abilities right? With Stealth the exception wasn't of the drama that was deadly yeah, well, they, yeah, when they changed that, and became a game ability and all that. But, but, but <laughs> stealth and stealth and intimidate, all the intimidate, all these things were keywords, and they were on the cards. Sure, they were card effects, but they were not considered abilities in any way, shape, or form. I then had, uh, I wouldn't say altercation, but a gentle disagreement with someone on line about the fa- about exactly what you're saying there about the fact that if someone's immune to character abilities. Uh, sure, that doesn't mean they're mean to keep. And I was told in certain rounds. Looking on a uh, looking on Thrones DB, it does say that um, attached character would be immune to keywords. Would be immune to keywords. Yeah, that's what the rules pack posted by Larry on the Thrones DB page. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's that's it, right? So you were saying that. Uh, you were saying the, the other way around. I see. No, no, that's, because that's what I, I did. I did say that. That's what it was ruled as. The character was. Peel, what are you doing? What? What are you doing? Walking. What is happening with your walk? Why does this always happen? My sister texted me while she was in the bath saying, Tom, your TV's on and it's loud. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know why, because I'm in the lounge downstairs. So I had to sneak up and turn it off. Okay. That's fine. Now we're back to a sensible volume where I can hit tiny speed. I see. Okay. <laughs> so the ruling, so the ruling you had yesterday was said that intimidate was not uh, an ability. It, yeah, it was a card ability and not a character ability. Whereas the rules and the discussion that I had say that basically keywords are considered to be character abilities. Yes. Yeah, which is a change from first edition, right? Yes, I believe. Which so. is why it confused me. Hmm. The, uh, of course, we had this discussion, and as we called the judge over, we decided it didn't matter. It was never actually going to um, make any difference, because I was, use- I was going to be using the Intimidate on the Power Challenge, 
and Jon Snow, who I wanted to kneel, doesn't have power icon, mm. and therefore he's never participating and is therefore never immune. So, yeah. good point. It doesn't matter, but it's nice to know going forward. So if it comes yeah, up next it. week, I can rule correctly without having to go to one. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to be reading the fact over the next uh, <laughs> next week to make sure I'm aware of the uh, what the rules actually do. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so Barrowcraft was fun. I enjoyed it. How I, did you I went, do? I went four two. Um, I beat uh, I beat Barrow no not Barrowcracking Greyjoy stack in the first game. Nice little you know inverse mirror kind of thing, nice. uh, which was which was fine. And then I played Ryan Wood, who was also playing back at Barrowcracking, um, <laughs> and that went less well because he saw his Mel turn one and then like enough real cards to power her, whereas I didn't see stuff. So yeah, couldn't really do anything there, which was sad. Um, yeah, yeah. I played another Barrow deck round three, Kelvin. That was a hassle, but I managed to uh, get through that. That was fine. Um, I then played uh, Darren Hazelden, who was playing a Lannister Reigns deck, but uh, it, <laughs> he wasn't playing it as you would perhaps traditionally play it. He was playing Pillage Tywin and all of like Gregor's crew, um, and he was playing Lions of the Rock Cersei with. Um, Tyrion's chain and two copies of Heads and Spikes. So nice. It was it was good fun to play against. I actually uh, hands judgmented a uh, without his beard, which I never thought I would do. Oof. <laughs> I was just like, if I if I don't do it, I'm going to lose the hands judgment and the nightmares because I only mm. had three cards. Uh, so, well, I guess I'll just this is wrong. <laughs> but it was fun. Um, <coughs> I actually had to call the judge over in that game as well. Because uh, Darren cheated. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, he out, outright cheated. Um, he won a challenge and uh, immediately went forward to start pillaging stuff. Uh, and I had to call the judge because um, he hadn't triggered Lake Summer Feast. No. Uh, and of course, as everyone on Facebook knows, that is not an acceptable state of affairs. Um, but sadly, yeah. uh, you're a bad Liam, man. Liam is too too nice. And he did not give a game loss or you know a disqualification as I would have done. Um, he just he gave us both warnings, which I thought was a bit heavy-handed. Like he didn't give me a chance <laughs> to enforce the rules. Yeah. Of course, it's it's a forced uh, reaction appeal, so it's both players' responsibility. I didn't get a chance to enforce it. Darren just skipped ahead. So uh, I personally think that Darren should have got a game loss. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it didn't matter because I won the game anyway. Didn't you beat him in? Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> beat him anyway. It's the principle of the thing. It, it was good fun, that game. Good fun. What this probably means is that anyone that's coming to the upcoming Battle of Blackwater Bay tournament next weekend <laughs> probably be advised to take Late Summer Feast out of their plot deck because <laughs> uh, the TO will come down on you like a ton of bricks. <laughs> I'm going to be ridiculously overly harsh this year. Whereas last year <laughs> I let Wabba play with... Uh, First edition nightmares. Oh. <laughs> he didn't have any spare second edition ones, and he was playing against Reese on the stream, and Tagore was commentating. And he just ran out, just like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> like Dave said, it was fine. <laughs> what? <laughs> but none of that this year. I've even spec- specified so in the uh, in the email that'll be going out tomorrow. Wouldn't have a proper tournament. Yeah, proper tournament. No first edition cards. No <laughs> in deck. Old art cards that are unofficial. 
and no orange cards that shouldn't be there. Yes. Well, I think that's implied by the main rules, not just uh, mm, uh, the tournament-specific rules. God, you're so picky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, so I beat Darren. Uh, I then proceeded to lose to Adam East, who was playing the Builder's Deck, uh, mm. which was a thoroughly unpleasant experience. Uh, unlike normally, playing Adam is good fun, but uh, obviously the the crushing depression that follows playing the Builders kind of wipes wipes all that away. Um, yeah. And then I played against a Nightwatch uh, range deck piloted by George Ankers, who was yeah he that's where the the rules questions about intimidate came up, and oh. uh, that was quite fun because yeah first turn he made like a massive entry challenge, drew for insight four times, and I was like this is fantastic. Oh. That's so much insight. <laughs> oh, with the steward that gives all the yeah, bow and mark. Yeah. yeah, very nice, very nice. Brilliant. He had the new Sam Tarly with a noble lineage on him to blank my characters during power challenges. Oh, cheeky! There's some, I'm, you know, I just intimidate him on the military challenge instead. That's fine. But um, it was, uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful little deck. Uh, mm. Good fun, and I got to steal the wall, so that was always nice. Hey. With your with your sea bitch, yeah. Yeah. So I went four two in the end, and uh, only one four two made the cut. Um, that was uh, Kev Richardson. Sadly, he had been reading things online too much uh, in recent weeks, and he had seen that Tears of Lease is the best kill spell in the game, and uh, a contender for the best card in the game. Um, and so he added a third Tears of Lease, which sadly brought him up to sixteen neutral cards in his fieldy deck. Um, so, sadly, Kev was... Uh, Deck check disqualified him. Yeah, it did. So, uh, he didn't get to play on the top eight, and Whammer succeeded him. So, Whammer was the bubble boy. Uh, and then Whammer got his ass kicked, and we went home. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically... <laughs> Is it worth mentioning what happened at the end of that tournament? I, I was going to, yeah. Um, mm. For those who... Do you, do you want to talk about this? You, you, you were watching it. I didn't see it, although I have have seen it in uh, in action of course well you've played yeah you've, you've played the deck in question so I mean people will probably know by now as the as there's a little bit of controversy over over said deck but there always is when a deck like this pops up there is a French Martel deck it's the best way to describe it really it was designed in France so we'll say it's a French and Martel deck apparently it was designed in Spain it's just that the refined oh. version was in France Oh, well, my apologies to uh, to the Spanish. Um, there is a European Martel deck, <laughs> which is best described as a combo deck, uh, which runs more than 30 events. I believe it's about 33, 34 events. 34, yeah. And simply bides its time until it can pop out the Red Viper on the table and three copies of uh, You Murdered Her Children um, to win in one challenge. Oh. And... <laughs> oh, now you're perking up, Phil. <laughs> yeah. That sounds just horrible. Why would anyone have that? What's, what's wrong with you? It's consistent, Phil. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, it works, it works a treat because essentially you wait a couple of turns to... It's a, sorry, it's a Martel Rose deck for its start because it requires all of the uh, Tyrell events that can go through your deck looking for, you know, your Baron the Maiden Fair, your, that one that looks at the top 
to guard your deck and put one of the one at the bottom. You know, um, much more all this all this kind of stuff to get all the right cards in your hand until round about turn three or turn four, where you play the Annals of Castle Black and all the events that are in your discard pile, you get to trigger again. And providing you've got six gold sitting there, at least six gold sitting there, you trigger three copies of You Murder Her Children. And as you say, David, it's ridiculously consistent, almost to the extent that you know there's almost a set of instructions to really making it work. You know, and once you've got all the pieces in the hand, unless your opponent has one of maybe t- two or three answers, um, you you know, there's not a lot you can do. The deck runs the High Septon to divert things like copies of Nightmares or other direct effects that would either blank the Viper or stop his uh, his character ability going off. Um, uh, there are there are a couple of answers to it, but certainly no answers that anyone at Bristol had. <laughs> anyone at Bristol had yesterday, and um, someone took that all the way to the final and followed the correct instructions and uh, posh yep. beat Ryan beat Ryan Woods in on the fourth turn. Although God bless him, he got up to about thirteen power, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's very consistent. That was uh, Joel Pearson that won that. Uh, yeah, he I lost forgot. his first game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I played the deck twice on Thursday night and once on Friday night, and mm. I won my first two games. Um, and it is it is very very consistent. You flip counting coppers turn one, counting coppers turn two. Just fill your hand yeah. with the events. Uh, playing yeah. things like Bear in the Maiden Fair uh, and the challenge one, uh, Rose of Gold, Rose of Gold, uh, much one. more and that kind of thing. But keeping back the Dornishman's Wife. Yeah. Uh, and then on turn three, oh, you've also got like uh, Last of the Giants for Varus. You've got a yep. uh, wildling, uh, no, uh, viper's eyes to pick out the the renowned characters mainly, or yeah, wildling scouts. Uh, no, I a... didn't. I didn't run wildling scouts in mine. Okay, I think because I think there's ten or eleven characters in the deck. Yeah, it's uh, three vi- three viper, three Varus, Sirio, Rattleshirts, Raiders, and the High yeah. Septon. That's um, But yeah, you flip counting coppers twice in a row using the events to filter your deck. Um, Turn three, you flip the long plan, and that's when you uh, and that's when you use uh, the Dornishman's wife to get extra gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas it, the gold would have been wasted in previous turns, so you use it then. Gold and cards, uh, lose all your challenges, obviously. Trigger as many events as possible. Um, you got uh, Tower of the Sun to get even more gold, and then mm-hmm. of course you flip Annals of Castle Black. Use all your events again, and even yep. if they've started picking out. Um, you know, murder their children and stuff for uh, for injury claim, then it doesn't matter because they're in the discard pile now and you can just play them anyway. Yeah. And I played as a fifth plot um, following the guy's recommendations on Thrones DB, uh, Gossip and Lies, which allows you yeah. to not kneel during the first challenge if it's an injury challenge and then um, and then obviously you can do a second challenge e- more easily without having to get yeah. a seal on the hand. Mm. Uh, yeah Rowan beat me on Friday night he saw enough nightmares to keep me on the back foot and he ran a lot of location hate so I was losing Mm. my uh, I was having to protect my Tower of the Sun and stuff more than I needed would normally need to Um, which did mean that I had to put things like Hans Judgment to the bottom of my deck Mm. Uh, when searching through for answers I needed the dupes of my uh, locations and things. Yeah. So, yeah. Whether that was the right play or not, I don't know. But obviously, it, 
yeah, became too much. And I got the Viper, and I think I made one of the challenges and got a ridiculous amount of power, but wasn't enough to close. It was, I believe, 104 strength uh, intrigue challenge that won the Bristol Week yesterday. Yeah. So, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite disgusting. Um, mm. I mean, yeah, if you're really worried about it, Forgotten Plans helps immensely. Fortified Position, brilliant. Uh, and uh, Supporting the Faith also shuts it down completely. Yeah, I guess so. So mm. all those plots are really good answers. Uh, and then there's the general nightmares, treachery, um, Caitlin Winterfell, that kind of thing. If you or, know, yeah, or, or rush like crazy, in fact. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, if you can win in turn two, then this deck can't really do much about it. If you can win before dominance in turn two, then certainly this deck can't do much about it. Yeah, that's uh, true. It's, it's got Varus and Valor. But yeah. it obviously doesn't want to play Valor if it can help it, because it does set it back a turn. Sure. But um, yeah, so I mean, congratulations to him. It's uh, you know a very kind of odd opinion when it comes to that kind of deck and kind of someone taking one of those kind of decks to a regional. But I don't know. I don't know. I have I have the feeling that he maybe didn't expect to necessarily do quite as well as he did with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, as I was saying to you on Thursday, I was considering playing it yeah. um, and decided I wanted to make more than about you know, six challenges all day. Yeah, Baron instead. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was good. So the, yeah, these, these decks are, you know, people complain that these decks aren't good for the game and all this kind of stuff, but the decks like these are a puzzle, you know, the, the, the carpet was a big puzzle waiting to be cracked in lots of different ways. And once in a while, someone will come up with a deck like this and it will work for a short amount of time until it goes out of fashion or, you know, the answers are just come, come thick and fast. In first edition, things were just restricted so that decks like that could, simply couldn't work. In second edition, it remains to be seen kind of if more decks like this do arise and people become more likely to play them at big tournaments and whether you know whether someone decides to do anything about them or whether someone, anyone decides that they need to do anything about them. I don't know. I don't know. If, if it does become a, a problem, um, the Star Wars style of restricted list will sort it out immediately. In, the, Which, in, in Star Wars, they restricted cards in pairs instead of mm. one big restricted list where you can only have one from it. From each pair, you can only have one card. Mm. In Star Wars. So if you just put Annals of Castle Black and you murdered her children on the same yeah. list, then it's done. That's fine. If you mm. want to play it without murder, you can't play it without her murder, it, uh, you murdered her children. And you can play it without Annals, but it loses a lot of consistency. So, yeah, great. Do that, fine. Um, mm. And I said, uh, I said when that card was spoiled that I hate it. Because it will cause, it will be shit until it causes an MPU Viper deck, and yeah, it will be ridiculous. Yeah. So I am vindicated. Yes. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, it I was mean, always <laughs> it was always a kind of stupid card, kind of waiting to happen. And at uh, at Starlight last year, I seem to remember there was a few melee decks that were desperately trying to to pull off the the marvelous Littlefinger's meddling and three copies of You Murdered Your Children. I do remember it going off at least once, um, but that was just after it had been. Released, but now with the Annals of Castle Black, having it, you pretty much, you know, you can't really avoid it being triggered if it's sitting in your discard pile, and you can play it from a discard pile. What the more it comes down to, what I'm trying to say is this: this is all Alex Hines's fault. I, I'm, I'm sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agreed. That's all his fault. He's broken the game. Oh, after he helped us out last week as well. 
I know, I know. Terrible. But 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 there's, there's no excuse for this this broken nonsense, Alex. <laughs> Your fault. So yeah, that was uh, that was the Bristol Regional. Well, congrats to Joel. Good, uh, I know he then, he then went to Cardiff today and didn't play that deck, right? No, he didn't. He did do pretty well, though. He did, yeah. yeah. We had I had a, a, the classic argument with Tagore um, the other day. Because obviously this is being referred to as the, uh, the Southern Weekender. Yeah. And, uh, because Bristol and Cardiff are on... Or the Western... Southwestern, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, Southwestern some, Weekender. Some sort of name and then Weekender. Um, yes, because there's two regionals in travelling distance on the same weekend, it makes sense. Uh, but, of course, Tagore was just like, you go to the Northern Weekender. I was just like, well, that's not what it's called, Tagore. It's <laughs> that is the Weekender. All the others need the... distinguishing prefixes. Yeah, Much it's like, not... Much um... I am Dave, and everyone else has other prefixes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definite article. It's exactly. the Weekender. Uh, so I'm happy to Gordon win because of that blasphemous. Yeah. Uh, Although he did do very well, God bless him. He was king of Swiss, I think, wasn't he? Uh, he was today, yes. And yeah, yesterday he made top eight, and today king of Swiss made top four. So he did do well, but uh... well done, Tiggles. Well done. <laughs> uh, yeah, on. Joel played Night's Watch, Banner of the Wolf today, and came fifth. So pretty consistent weekend from both of them. And in fact, if you don't count, um the disqualification of Kev yesterday. Five mm. out of six, five out of eight of the top eight were the same people. Yeah, very good. So that's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, the whole thing was uh, finished in a Greyjoy Reigns, piloted by Issyan from London and Greyjoy, Lord of the Crossing, Dan Kay from Bristol. And uh, Dan Kay won it at the end. So congratulations to him, although I was rooting for Issyan. No, yeah. <laughs> London boy. <laughs> Ah, so, uh, so yeah, Cardiff presumably was a success, but it's hard to say because I'm the other side of the country now. Yeah, you weren't there. So what was it, 28 players yet? Seems all right. It was about 50 at Bristol, right? Uh, it was 59 at Bristol. 59? Wow. Yeah, really big. Surprisingly big. Impressive. Impressive. And how many regionals have we got left? I mean, are we halfway through regional season now? We have Scotland. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you where in Scotland it is. Uh, the Scotland regional is... In Lanark, which is uh, in the arse end of nowhere, <laughs> between between kind of kind of between Glasgow and Edinburgh, but a little bit further south. Um, if you imagine kind of three points of a triangle, um, yeah, Lanark is the other one where Glasgow and Edinburgh are the other ones. Um, I hope that helps. Um, <laughs> the regional is on the 29th of this month, uh, I believe. Um, um, that very much depends on whether my wife will be going on account of it being on her birthday. <laughs> so, uh, so if if she would like to go to the Scottish Regional, then I'd be delighted to go to the Scottish Regional. If she would like other plans to be taking place, then uh, I may have to sit out. But uh, we'll see how it goes. I know there's some people coming up from down south. I think it'll be pretty well attended. Um, I, I think, you know, anyone... I think the whole kind of central belt to Meta, you know, both Meta and Glasgow and Edinburgh will certainly come to it. And I think there'll be a lot of folk from the north of England that will go up to it as well. Uh, so is I, there much of a play group in Lanark itself? In Lanark, well, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a nice store in Lanark. I don't know much about the actual Meta, um, but the, the store itself, 
uh, off the top of my head, I think it's called Nightly Games. Okay. Has quite a, is is quite well attended for certainly from other card games from Netrunner and Star Wars and the like. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a good job. Uh, it's it's great that it got original this year. I think it got it got original last year, but not a Thrones one. I think I might have got a Netrunner original. I could also be talking out my arse. Uh, but uh, it will be, yeah, it will be attended, I imagine, most people from Glasgow and Edinburgh, although most people from Glasgow and Edinburgh will be slightly surprised that the regional didn't end up in one of the big cities, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised as well. Yeah, it's quite unusual. But sometimes it's just a case of, these, of the shops that actually pull their finger out and get the applications in. Some shops can be, you know, some shops can maybe just be a little bit, you know, be a little bit behind in their applications or whatever. You some you find some shops that just miss deadlines left, right, and centre. Yeah. And some of the more regional stores, I'm trying to think of a better way to put that, but some of them are, you know, maybe just on the ball a bit more. That's fair. That's fair. Um, there are three more in England, I think. Four more in mm. England. We've got uh, Norwich on the 22nd of July. Um, no, five more. Christ, we've got loads. Norwich on the 22nd of July, Warboard Games in London, which is where Blackwater is held, on the 5th of August, uh, Oldershot on the 19th of August, and mm-hmm. then uh, Manchester and Stockton on the back of the weekend, 26-27. Oh, you mean the weekend? The weekender, yeah. So, so uh, good to see that's a regional again, because it wasn't last year. No, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, lots, of, lots of exciting regionals to attend to. Uh, okay. Um, Peel has disappeared, as people may have realised. Um, mm. I'm not really sure why, but uh, that's fine. He'll be back, I'm sure. And mm. uh, so I guess we move on to our next topic of conversation. You want to talk about the uh, Tyrell box, Tony? So give us well, a bit yeah. of uh, nonsense about that. A bit of nonsense about that. I can certainly give you a bit of nonsense about that. Yeah, the the next deluxe expansion was announced, I think, literally the day after we recorded our last episode. Um, so that will be due out in the middle of the next cycle at some point, I imagine around about quarter four of this year. Uh, it is the House of Thorns expansion. It is dedicated to House Tyrell, as you can probably guess, and lots of, uh, lots of interesting stuff in there. Lots of um, big, expensive green cards with lots of money on them. And with a few non-green cards, you know, pretty much the way most deluxe boxes go. But there's some nice stuff in there. There's uh, the the key kind of probably most interesting card that that has been spoiled from the box is Mace Tyrell. Uh, seven cards. Uh, Mace Tyrell, who has a fascinating little set of character abilities, uh, which involve characters bouncing into play and bouncing out of play, or rather bouncing out of play and bouncing into play. Um, so yeah, we're looking at we're looking at some um, some interesting interesting kind of characters coming into play mechanics to support the existing characters coming into play mechanics that Tyrell already has, with things like the House of Lawn at Night, with the Bitterbrook Encampment, and uh, Oleana's Informant, all these kind of come into play effects. Some locations that get gold off characters coming into play. All this, all this, all this—you know—fantastic, great stuff for all you Tyrell fans out there. <laughs> it does. Uh, uh, it does look pretty fun. Peel. We spoke to Peel about some of the cards earlier, very briefly. Yeah. He hadn't seen the article, and he—he uh, he was very excited by the whole thing, wasn't he? Well, why wouldn't you be? I mean, he—he he loves. He's, he's a—he's a big fan of. Uh, he's a big Banterbridge fan. He is. He is. 
So the more things that trigger off things coming into play, the more uh, the more appealing it's going to be to uh, to to young Tom. It's worth mentioning as well that uh, one of the first things that he kind of laid his eyes on and went ah was the fact that uh, we have the old uh, champion card Marjorie Tyrell reappearing in this box. Yes, we do. And how do you feel about which? That? <laughs> <laughs> I feel positive about the mechanics of the card itself. I feel a little bit uncertain about what they've done with the artwork, but uh, because they've kind of cropped out the champion from it, which appears to be their MO these days. Um, Well, even then it's a little bit inconsistent, isn't it? Yes, the reader and uh, the Blackfish have the champions on them. This does Mm. not. Corrin is completely separate. Very, very strange. I mean, it's a lovely piece of artwork. It's a lovely Megali piece of artwork. So there's certainly, you know, there's nothing nothing really bad to, to say about them kind of zooming in on this delightful picture of Marjorie. But those second edition players that have never seen the original card will, at the back left, there's the guy who designed it. Yeah, but, and, no, and a friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and a friend, of course. Yeah, But not this one, unfortunately. Yeah, let's just kind um, of... But the card... Yeah. Oh. What is that? Yeah? Uncle Peel's been a bad uncle and uh, accidentally woke up baby Sap while going to the toilet. (laughs) Okay. In the night garden for the next 45 minutes without trying to (laughs) pull his eyes out with a a drill in order to try and get him back to sleep. Okay. So I do apologize proficiently. He's currently on my lap and um, this show is just glorious. They, they don't use real words, and apparently it's educational. I'm not quite sure how <laughs> teaching people to speak, like, for lack of a better term. Um, and I'm not going to say it, because I feel it would be politically incorrect. So I'm just going to continue on with the, the thing. I, I will uh, stay in the chat. <laughs> Sadly, I am watching in the night garden now with a, a baby on my lap. You may have to mute your microphone, then. I, I, I may have to, Dave. I may have to. Um <laughs> I'm aware of the inconvenience this has caused. I get that. Um, and I do apologise, but sadly, he is on my lap. And uh, I'm now watching a, a train go through the woods, which is entirely impractical. Because there's no rail, Sebastian. Do you see how this can't be real? Yeah. <laughs> nice having a guest host, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, if you want to a little bit, and we'll just... Sebastian, how do you feel about the game at the moment? What's it like in the meta? Specifically, hey? uh, Marjorie Tyrell and the cropping of her art. Mm. Yeah, specifically. It is the same art from the first edition card, is it not? It is, yeah. It's just missing the champion and his mate. Oh, that's a bit upsetting. (laughs) It's great art as well, because they're just sat in the corner just perving on it. Yeah. Just look at that. Just like, yeah, she's all right, isn't she? We're going to reprint your champion's card. Oh, am I still going to be in it? Nah. (laughs) Nah, we'll get you. You know? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, yeah, that's not going to work. I will um, see you in a bit, Jen. Sorry about this. No worries. All right. All right. One uh, <laughs> interesting comment on Marjorie is that she used to be limit once per phase, and she's no longer limit once per phase. I had forgotten all about that. Well, I, I just mm. got it up to look at the art. So, mm. uh, yeah, if you want to stand her, brilliant. Interesting. Oh, sorry, no, you've got my brain kicking into how can we easily abuse this uh, mode. But, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. It's got um, it's got one Marjorie 
Tyrell's attacking, she gains plus one strength for each defending character, which is, you know, like old first edition, the old first edition melee keyword, but um, partially. Um, but in, but mechanically, it works pretty much identical to its first edition counterpart. So. Yeah, which is what we like to see. Exactly what we like to see. So yeah, all looking, looking like some good stuff. And there are some um, some good, some interesting other, there's usually a couple of cards for each other faction in there. But the other uh, important release in that box is the Maester Agenda, known as the Conclave, which will be in said box, which was voted for by those participants in the Battle of the Trident uh, tournaments at the end of last year, beginning of this year. What did you vote for, Tony? I, do you know what? I never made a single Battle of the Trident event for one reason or another, but had... I made one, and had I voted, I would have voted for the Knights. Oh, oh I can't believe we didn't vet yeah. you before we invited you on. <laughs> no, I think I would have gone Knights. I was a big fan of Baron Knights originally, and uh, weirdly, I think the reason I had a, I would have voted for Knights is I think everyone knew all along that Maesters were going to win. <laughs> I think it was a kind of it was a given that this was going to be voted for because it's the kind of potentially the the, the jankiest answer, the jankiest agenda, and the most interesting agenda, and potentially, yeah, potentially the most kind of game-breaking agenda, so why would you not vote for that? <laughs> no one had any interest in voting for arm, in armies, for God's sake, but I used to like uh, playing knights out of Brathian in first edition, and uh, I was hoping they'd bring out something a little bit like that. Uh, they certainly did, I think, in the draft pack, there's, there's a there's an agenda that means you can play knights from other houses, which which I imagine would have been you know a little bit similar to what they would go with with this. But but no, we have the conclave where you can include non-loyal minister characters in your deck, and then there's a little bit of a side a side deck with uh, seven seven cards. Ah, uh, we, we'll you know we'll figure it out when we get there. There will be <laughs> yeah. lots of support cards for it. I'm yeah. sure when uh, when the box comes out, we'll be spending a long time talking about that. And yeah. what kind of nonsense we can brew up when we've got a more of an idea of how many maesters will actually be in the card pool. So at the moment, yeah. it is incredibly boring because there are yeah. no maesters. Like, you can just about fill up 12. If you're playing Ty- uh, Lannister or Night's Watch, you've got a loyal maester per house. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Barra's got three maesters? Two maesters? Three maesters? I can't remember. Two, maybe. Two, I think. But, I played but, three in my yeah. deck the other day. You played. Ooh, yeah, I played Chris and Pylos and Wendemir. Yeah, yeah. Nice. For, the, for all the style. But it's the same. It, it's the same with all of these kind of pre-announced, uh, pre-announced cards, pre-announced agendas. This is three or four months away. Um, before we've seen any of the real supporting cards that come with it, on its own at the moment, it looks like shit, quite frankly. But we'll be able to use and abuse it a little bit nearer the time and be able to evaluate it a bit better when uh, the rest of the decent cards come out. It will be it will be important, I imagine. It will be important and it will be used and it will be popular. I hope so, because when you see an agenda, you want the agenda to drop and make a big impact straight away, right? Like Reigns made a reasonable splash, Crossing made a splash. Yeah. You want you want that in an agenda. If if it doesn't, what's the point? Like Defiance mm. in first edition came out and pretty much never won anything ever, and that was a big disappointment. Well, I never won anything ever because no one ever played at me. That's because it was terrible. So, 
because yeah, it made no, no there was, at all. But by the time you'd gone through twelve cycles and six deluxe boxes, and how many agendas did we end up with in the first edition? What fourteen, fifteen agendas? You know, at, at least maybe more. Oh, not yeah, yeah. Not all of them were going to be world shattering this early in this particular card pool. I mean, Crossing made a, made a massive impact because it was the first, you know, new fresh kind of agenda. And now, as one tends to come out every every box and maybe or maybe maybe one a cycle as well, so you're kind of getting, you know. You get one every couple of months, almost, you know, or, or you're getting them kind of pre-announced. I'd, I'd be interested to know if this will drop before Starlek. That is a very good question. Be fascinated to know if this would be if this is going to come out around about October, maybe beginning of November, and we start seeing the first really impactful conclave decks around about Starlek, or even Worlds, to be honest. There is a very good chance that if it drops in November, I'll be playing it as Starlight. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what I'm getting at, really. Is I'm kind of pulling you to go. You go. You're gonna you're gonna play Masters, aren't you? You're gonna play Masters, even though this looks shit just now. You're gonna play Masters, aren't you? There is a very very good chance of that. Very good chance. <laughs> oh, you're so predictable, mate. <laughs> Pylos and Lomas have done me good in the past. There's uh, yeah. there's no reason to deny them again. <laughs> Yeah, they're functionally blank text boxes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't trigger... Um, how many games did I play at Nationals? Ten games, and I didn't trigger Lomis once. Lomis is the... You win an entry on defence one, right? No, I meant, I meant when I when I played the Moses Path at Nationals. Oh, right, that one. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah I, I searched for Lomis... I searched for Lomis turn one in, like, 80% of games. I didn't trigger him a single time. Because he was the only bad, decent, bad, unique mace, though. Well, right? Pylos, ha- Pylos had stealth. So yeah. sometimes you'll search for him because you stand in Macy's hook. Yeah. So if I had Macy's hook on setup, I'd, I'd search for Pylos. But he was a two-coster, you know, yeah. Yeah, and therefore uh, vulnerable to first now. Pylos had a power icon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's nothing else in the box I can... Well, nothing else that we know about in the box is particularly spicy at the moment. The Strangler looks quite interesting. Good with um, um, Ariane from the House Warrant Knight. Yeah, well, the House Warrant, yeah, the House Warrant Knight. Oh, Tyrion's chain reinforcements at the House Warrant Knight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too close to attachment, though. No. Terminal, but more poison in the game. That's what we need. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, some interesting stuff. Some interesting stuff. Definitely. Yeah, I'm excited mm. for the box. Uh, more so than I have been for previous boxes, because it looks like there's a lot of fun cards in there. Yeah, I think you're. I, I think you're right when it comes to fun little mechanics. You know, I don't think anyone was overly was kind of over the moon when the Night's Watch box got announced. It was a like, hooray, more defense. Yeah. Hooray, this is going to be tedious. Uh, <laughs> And you know it was okay. There's, there's some there's some interesting stuff in there, and and after a couple of months, people figured out how to do a little bit more interesting stuff in the night's watch. But this is already seems quite fresh and quite quite bouncy. Yeah, which is great. Hmm. Nice green cards. That's what we want. Green cards are fun. They're they're green constructive cards. and lovely. Exactly. And rich and yeah. compelling. Oh, and pretty. <laughs> very pretty. Not black. Yeah. Nice watch cards. But yeah, fair yeah nice. to clarify there. <laughs> you yeah, are yeah. talking yeah. about nice watch cards. <clears throat> Moving on quickly. <laughs> okay, next topic. Next topic is the Red Wedding. The chapter pack. 
not the, oh, event. the chapter, not yeah. the event itself. Okay. What do we think uh, about the Red Wedding chapter pack, which arrived? I would say arrived today. Arrived some point in the last few days, and I have opened today. I'm flicking well, through if you've, now. Yeah, if you just don't, then you're flicking through it. Then, uh, then go for it. What do you reckon? Um, broadly right, speaking, there's some decent stuff in there. Yeah. Flicking through, like pretty much every house has something that is good. Um, like the start cards are very efficient and fine and boring, like start cards are. That's that's stark. Uh, Tyrell, the economy location is kind of lackluster. Like, it's probably quite good, but it's much more boring than a lot of the other ones. And just, you have to yeah. rely on your opponent, which isn't good. You yep. have to not be playing winter plots. Which is always a hassle. Uh, but the two-cost ambush character they have is awesome. Yeah, isn't it? It's, uh... Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, it took me a couple of minutes to figure out what it did. I had to kind of <laughs> had to parse the text box to kind of first go that happens, then that happens because of that. It's got ambush to bestow three. I mean, it's a it's a puzzle puzzle waiting to be cracked, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But it's you know we've been talking about the Tyrell box bringing a lot of stuff that capitalises on all the things coming into play. This oh, this already starts doing that. It already starts giving card advantage with um, things coming into play because it's any card coming into play. It's not even just a Tyrell card. It's after a card enters play during the challenges. Phase. Oh, God, yeah. Check triggers off your opponent's ambush. Triggers off anything coming into play. As long as it's not an event which technical doesn't enter play. But... It, you know, it triggers if a, if you ambush a location into play, if you ambush an attachment into play, it's any card entering play during the challenges phase, which is insane. And it's not then, and <clears throat> there's no fucking limit on it either. <laughs> Rowan described it as an Ashamark Knight that was limitless. He, kind of. It's just like, oh Christ, yeah. <laughs> I think you'd be insane to put three gold on it. But I, I, I think that would be extremely ballsy to put three gold now. But I would, I, I can absolutely see a reason to put, put one, definitely put one on it, just for the, just for the definite kind of drawn discard, um, and maybe two at a push if you're really, really looking for you know combo pieces or something. Yeah. But, uh, but, but definitely for a cost of three, two for you know two for the character and one for bestow to have a permanent kind. Of, oh, someone come into play. Yeah, I'll draw a top card my deck. And then chuck one. Why would you not? I think that's I think that's that's actually really good. The more I talk about it, because if you think about how good that agenda is in draft, where you can nail your house card to draw a card and discard a card. Yeah, oh, it's, it's way better than the economy one in my experience. Yeah, and um, just that that consistent filter every turn just gets you the pieces you need. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. And so yeah, just popping one gold on this, yeah. uh, triggering it once, great. If you've got a couple of other things, which Tyrell does, it's got the informants, it's got uh, Queen of Thorns. If you're Playing bad mm-hmm. decks, um, <laughs> it's got all the stuff your opponent has. Depending on your banner, it might have like Ariane or the Burn Pen or something. Great, yeah, fantastic. And of course, yeah. you know, you got one of these one turn, and you put the second one in, and then you get to do it twice. <laughs> lovely, it's, lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah this really is this, this is one that yeah, the more the more you kind of drill down on it, the more kind of interesting it becomes. And at its very very worst, it's just a shit burned man. Which yeah, is already like a fantastic card. Like it's ambush claim soak at its worst. Yeah, 
it's um, in, it's with an entry guide. Opposed, yeah. But it's it's the march protection and the the claim soak protection that you you need, um, mm. and that is you know the value of the burn men. And this has the same. It's just got, also got this really really cool interesting ability. So obviously because it's got draw on it, it's loyal. Which is is something at least because yeah you're right it's it's easily kind of comparable with a with a burn with a burn man you know two cost Bosch okay I've got some military got military icon I've got some claim so now two uh, uh, two gold Bosch I've got some intrigue I've got an intrigue icon I've got uh, something to uh, to defend an intrigue uh, you know an intrigue with but the, yeah if it's sticking an extra gold on it or even once you you know once we've got Mace Tyrell down down the way. Of, Marshalling this, you know, bringing it back in, just yeah, just just one gold on it is enough. It's yeah, very nice, very interesting. I never really um, never really thought about it heavily enough. Maybe all the cards in this pack are absolutely fantastic, and I haven't really thought about them probably. <laughs> maybe, Cause maybe. Because as you as you remember, I did I I did a um a fourteen word review of this pack the other day. Oh yeah, um, would you like to read it to us? This is my fourteen word review of the Red Wedding pack. Bada and Stark stuff, great. Martel event, lovely. Greyjoy army, spicy. The rest, meh. Done. That's all you need to know. You clearly didn't uh, look at the Tyrell cards. I, I mean, I did, but I didn't feel that they were worth commenting on. You know? <laughs> but no, oh, yeah, I guess I really have to think. Really have to look at that. Yeah, okay, yes, yeah, it's a good card. Um, you were talking about jumping stuff into playing challenges. Hmm. Pre-show, we were talking about. Mace Tyrell, obviously, and uh, you were talking about Elena's informant and how good he is with her, and we forgot to mention that earlier. Well, the only this, this is it. Now, once Mace Tyrell enters our our beloved carpool, we now have uh, a proper solid reason to marshal Elena's informant, you know, in the marshalling phase, because you know, having you, know, you play a little bit of Tyrell, it's never it's, it's never great when you have to set those things up or you have to you have to marshal them because you're stuck with shit characters in your hand or whatever. But you get an Oleana's informer out in marshalling, remove it from the game with Mace Tyrell's ability, then you pop it back into play at the beginning of the challenges phase. Voila, you can choose another challenge because it's coming to play during uh, during marshalling. Then then potentially Ambush in another one. Get yourself five challenges. Yeah, yeah. You could even get to trigger it if, if you know, if first snow, first snow winter was on the table, and it was going to bounce back to your hand. You'd still get to trigger it before it bounced back to your hand. Then you could ambush it in again. The same fucking card. <laughs> it's, it's like five challenges. It's uh, it's wonderful. Ah, could, it's be, be, could be, could be good. And each time this comes into play, you trigger in that chap. Yeah, trigger that guy for more gold, more power, and. There's the, the the high tower, I think it is, the location that gives you a gold and a card every time something comes into play. And yeah, yeah, it's looking interesting, looking exciting and interesting, not kind of, you know, uh, oh, defence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> On yeah. the topic of defence, what do you think to the Night's Watch guards? Pretty. Mm, one's the, boring and irritating and one's boring and shite. One, uh, yeah, yeah, I think we know which is which. I think the builder's fine. I think the builder weirdly probably doesn't fit in that builder's deck. Agreed. It's, <laughs> it's kind of too big and too too big and buildery to really fit in that, but it'll be like a one-off in other Night's Watch decks. Anything that gives them another way to defend the wall, yeah, grand. Uh, but it's a six-coster, you know? It's a, you know, there aren't many six 
or seven costers on Night's Watch that are really worth it. So you know you have to you have to be investing quite a lot in that. And the attachments just just bullshit, isn't it? Yeah. Well, just, why would you play that? It's just a waste. It doesn't. Yeah, just maybe play another copy of that location. <laughs> I mean, it, the interesting thing is that it can dupe non-unique locations. Yeah, I guess. So you can protect your haunted forest or you know your rose roads. Fancy that. It's not the end of the day if that goes and you've got another one. I don't know. I just no. It's not. I don't think it's worth the space. And I'm you know I'm I'm looking ahead thinking was there a reason they printed this because of something we haven't seen yet? But uh, I wouldn't waste the deck space on it really. Otho Yarwick, yeah, Otho Yarwick. Otho um, Yarwick seems uh, seems you know worth chucking one in a kind of standard defense deck, but but no, no. As good as as good as the old town reformer is, that's how how shit the improved fortifications is. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know what it was called. I yeah. didn't even read the title. Could have read. But it. it's it's the first attachment we've got for a location, so I guess that's something. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. Moving to um, on. <laughs> yeah, what what else uh, tickled your fancy in the pack? Uh, both the barrow cards are really, really good. Agreed. Absolutely spot on. Axel is fantastic. Again, he's one of the cards that... I mean, if you don't put any gold on him, he's a very boring, solid body. You only need one gold. He's 4-4 four four Bicon. Yeah. Um, you only need one gold on him to make a difference in the game. And if you can pop him in and spend the gold on him, then he, he can cause a lot of damage. And he is a House Florent Knight, which is... He is a House Florent Knight. He's, he's, as we said, he's a House Florent Knight. He's yeah. not the House Florent Knight. Exactly, exactly. Um, the event's really strong as well. The event is is ridiculously strong, I think. Um, as uh, as I was thinking the other day, um, I think, what's it called? Saving the Kingdom? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Mr. Eamon, will, Mr. Eamon will never stand again. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Thoroughly look forward to playing that against Night's Watch. Night's Watch already kind of uh, can take a bit of a beating against Barrow sometimes, but this way, oh, this is going to be... This will stop that bugger standing. And there was a, after you win dominance, you get it back to your hand if yeah. you pay a gold. That's probably not a problem, is it? I hear that leaving a gold for dominance and then using that gold in the dominance space is quite efficient. Quite a good idea, isn't it? It's just it's even a card yeah, there's even a card that gives you a gold when you win dominant. You know, when you win dominant. So there is this. Uh, God, what's it called? One of the lore attachments in Obi plays. When you gold when you win dominance, that seems pointless. Uh, not when you win dominance, but it's you attach it to a character, and that at the beginning of dominance, that character stands, and you get a gold. Oh right, okay. It's called the roller something 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 or something roller. Oh, okay, yeah, I don't remember that. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's a great, it's a great event. I mean, all of these events, all of these two cost events are reasonably impactful. I think the Greyjoy one seemed a bit lackluster because, again, it depends so much on what your opponents play. Is that the fishing attachment that you're just out of the opponent's discard pile? That one, yeah, like it can probably win you games in some instances, but half the time it's just going to be a dead card. Like I, I ran exactly one attachment in my Barrowcraft deck. Uh, and you can only attach it to Baratheon characters, so... Lightmare, yeah, yeah. But then, equally, you know, every now and again you'll get to fish out a crown of gold. <laughs> and you'll have a lovely time. True. But then I imagine, I, I think the, the Night's Watch one's similar to that as well, isn't it? Because it's Marshall out of your, dis- out of your opponent's discard pile. Mm. 
And so it depends entirely what they've been playing and what has been discarded out of their hands. So it's not entirely up to you. Yeah. But these ones, these ones that are entirely within your control, like the Martel Prince's plans and and this one, and I can't even think of what the other ones are. Oh, oh the Stark one. Well. Yeah, the Stark one's really good as well. Yeah, yeah, very the, good. The Sacrifice one. So yeah, these these are all really good. Um, liking them a lot, and I think it's gonna. I think it's likely to be even more kind of impactful once the the Bada two cost location comes out. You know, we've all, we've been getting all these two cost locations, uh, two cost loyal locations. Be able to get a gold or get two gold if X has happened. And the Baratheon one isn't out yet, but uh, I think there'll be a swing towards Barra when that does come out, because Barra does love its economy to pay it, play its big guys. Oh, it does, yeah. I felt very skint for some of the uh, some of the games I was playing. I bet you did, whereas your Targ players were rolling in money and the Martel players were rolling in money, but Barra get theirs, I think, probably will. Well, it's thematic. Blast in the cycle. Right? Yeah, true, true. Then why did why did Todd get theirs first? <laughs> no, they weren't exactly, you know, they weren't exactly rolling in it. It is quite annoying. They should, re- I think, they should have kept all eight of them for one chapter pack. Yeah, it would have made a rather uninteresting chapter pack overall, but it would have also been a really good starting point for a new player. It's like, right, get your cores, get this specific chapter Ooh. pack. Um, but whereas now it's just like, well, this is really unbalanced the meta, and. Yeah. It's frustrating for newer players because it means that the meta swings. I mean, the meta will swing with every chapter pack anyway, yeah. but it swings it a little bit further in the directions of the of, of where these, particularly these economy locations, have got. The yeah, that might on. be a deliberate decision. They might want the swingy meta for these six months because I mean, mm. obviously, a swingy meta is a good thing, right? Mm. But it uh, seems yeah. maybe too much in each direction. For the first few packs, at least. I mean, on the, the one swing hand, to Targ was massive. Yeah, but yeah, that was that, that was kind of ridiculous because Slivers by Port was a great card and still is a great card. And um, is I think even when we see all of the eight locations, it still probably be one of the better, uh, one of the one of the best of those. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's you're always going to get swingy meta as new cards are coming out kind of every month. And you know, you could maybe argue that if you know the cards are coming, you can predict a little bit of the swingy meta and then kind of, you know, change up how you, you know, the kind of things that you play in uh, in tournaments. But that would be requiring a certain amount of planning ahead that uh, I certainly can't associate with myself, but, but like I'm, sure some, I'm sure some people could. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, who knows why they do the things that they do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, flicking through the rest of the cards, like the Greyjoy army is fantastic. Agreed. I think it's one of the best cards in that pack. Yeah. Um, as you said to me earlier, the uh, bestow was the bestow is better on these Greyjoy cards we've had. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, the, the Greyjoy bestow cards, or the Greyjoy appear to be getting all the bestow cards that allow you to put money on them after the event, after you've played the card, rather rather than immediately when you put it into play, you have the option to stick money on these cards, and then that's it. I know there's an event coming, I think, later on, in the cycle that will enable you to put money on uh, existing bestow cards. But Silence's crew and Wex Pike as well have the ability to kind of get money put on them later on once you put the card out, which is just much more impactful, much more flexible, and 
yeah, Salas' career is going to be, I think, yeah, I think it's it's, it's great. Um, four cost, four strength, pillage, more pillage. Um, we'll build big, strong armies. Yeah, what's not to like? On, on the other hand, of course, uh, Plunder, the Greyjoy event, is one of the worst cards in the pack. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> so at least they've, they've evened it out there. Yeah, um, so, yeah, Plunder was so good in first edition. It was certainly considerably better. It was a lovely melee card. But yeah, oh, this is... Um, yeah, this is uh, the kind, of, kind of quite depressing, actually. Um, Strongbow was yeah. brilliant. Um, I'm excited to play Secret Schemes as well. Yeah, I think that's going to be that's going to be in it. Yeah, that's that's a great card. Aladia Sand is overcosted and um, kind of yeah, don't really get it myself. In that it's you're paying a lot of money to lose challenges at this point. <laughs> you know I mean, you're paying, it's very you know, niche, isn't it? Very. And there's 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 a whole load of jank in there around bastards and you know there's bastards in most houses and there's you know Jon Snow's a bastard and that's and, and non-loyal you know the corset no yeah there's there's potential very kind of janky decks kind of may well benefit from this but you're still gonna have to pay seven to put a character on the table that you have to lose with yeah tricky yeah I mean we don't know what's coming down the pipe true. There might be a number of Martel bastards coming that really synergize very well with repeatable stand, but at present it's kind of uninspiring. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then we got the rest of the rest of the um, the Red Wedding free bastards as well. Oh yeah. In the pack, Walder's very nice, I guess, in the right deck. <laughs> He's definitely a build around card, isn't he? Yeah, of course. I yeah. mean, you can pop a one of in a. In Banterbridge, just as a six-cost Tricon with Renown, but other than that, yeah, you, you definitely, uh, definitely build he's, he's useless without his bastards and with Black Walder and with whatever other house free cards there are. I can't even think there's very many of them, but I imagine there'll be a few others coming. Yeah, yeah. Probably won't get all of the unique Walder Freys, right? Walder Frey 2, Walder Frey 3. I imagine not. <laughs> You would need a whole pack for that, I think. <laughs> yeah, God. Right. Deluxe box. Yeah, maybe the phrase. Oh, you imagine it. You should have had a faction to itself. <laughs> and three horse- you know, the, the six cost Walder. Um, <laughs> which one? <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. Again, it was, ah, Walder free, not the Walder free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think to free hospitality? be funny if it gets pulled off but you know it's difficult, it's difficult to gauge just now because you need some I want to see the kind of rest of the fray cards I mean you only have to you only have to include one house fray character in the challenge that you use the event with so it's you know after you win a challenge would you control an attacking house fray character providing it was the third year crossing challenge you can choose and kill or choose and kill three so you only really have to use one and then you can use a big, beefy, you know, Red Viper or something or, or you know, to, to try and do that kind of choose and kill three characters if you win by 20. But, man, it's a three-cost event. Yeah. Um, Doesn't really, you know, it's not, not that. It's, it's quite appealing to read, but I can't, you know, it's not going to happen very often, is it? <laughs> and they have to have at least three characters for you to be able to play it as well. So they can't oh, yeah? kill three if you have fewer than 
because you have to choose. You have to choose three. Choose and kill three characters. Yeah. Yeah, it's not if able or anything like that. Oh well, so. that's depressing. I mean, like the the general attack is so, is all right as well. Like uh, a, a basically unrestricted free kill. Like well, I say, free like three cost kill is all right. Like, it's only one more than put to the sword. You don't have to be a particular challenge. You don't have to. Have to win by five. Five. You? you just mm. kill a character. That's still surprisingly strong. If mm. expensive. I mean, you still have to play phrase, but you've also got the twins and some generally reasonably efficient characters there. But the things what? are okay. Black Wald is pretty solid. Black Wald is very solid with a gold, like a gold on him, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, with um, with the twins certainly. Uh, one of these and then two claim. Mm. Yeah, all right. Well, remains to be seen. Let people build around it. And... So, so don't don't write it off just because people can't trigger the last bit. It's definitely yeah. got definitely got applications outside of that. Yeah, I think you're right because yeah, you you can just win a win a power challenge or win an intrigue with it. Yeah, yeah, all right. I, I, I believe you. I believe <laughs> you. Um, do you like Red Wedding? Do you think it's good? I don't, but I, you know, I'm prepared to have my mind changed by that. I'll probably have my mind changed on it when someone plays it against me and kills my fucking ladies. Yeah. But uh, at the moment, nah. It's the, exactly the kind of plot that um, I don't. I never want to play, but when it is played against you, you'll just hate life. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I'm never going to want to build a deck around that. Like that just seems like a, a not a fun plot to play and too inconsistent when you do play it, and then. Somebody's going to play against me, and I'm going to cry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, it's potential hilarious in melee, but no one's going to put it in a melee deck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless they're having a laugh on, uh, you know, on their on their their local kind of LCG card game evening at the shop, that some folk decide to play some melee decks and go, "Oh, I've got red wedding in this." You know, no one's going to play competitively. But it would be hilarious when it comes out on the table and everyone starts killing off each other's lord and ladies. Oh, yeah. And, of course, uh, you can play it in something like Mark's Watch, which runs very few or zero lords and ladies. It's just what I was thinking, actually. Oh, but No downside. Yeah. But then they don't make challenges. They don't win challenges as attacking players, do they? So, so yeah. Less, yeah, fewer lords and ladies than maybe. But you put in a knight's deck or something that maybe has fewer lords and ladies. But a lot, of the, a lot of the knights are lords, though, aren't they? Yeah, true. Some a lot of the good see. ones, anyway, like you know, Gregor and Garland, and Knights of the Knight of Flowers, and all that nonsense. Speaking of which, there's a quite there's a nice Kingsguard in this in this pack, though, isn't there? Oh, he's he? Kingsguard, isn't he? Yeah, he is a Kingsguard. Yeah, he's slowly but surely the Kingsguards coming together. Uh, Osman Kettle Black. Yeah, there's some nice um, nice stuff potentially with that. But again, I don't think you're going to pay the full seven for it. To be bouncing knights and left, right, and centre. You might put one just so you can throw in a Gregor Clegane for a laugh, but but I don't think you're going to do it very often. But a knight's a knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah agreed. Um, I think that seems to be the case with most of the bestow cards I've seen so far. You rarely, yeah. I rarely wanted to put all the gold on Astapor if you can afford it, and uh, Kaliot. Although you can only put two on him, so it's not quite so expensive. But uh, most of them I found myself putting one on, maybe. You mean Rikassel? Yeah, what did I say? Kaleot. Yeah, no, I don't put any gold on Kaleot. I put two gold on No, I, I wouldn't. I don't think you're alive. But yeah, Rikassel. <laughs> I, 
I, I think Rickcastle's only really worth it if you put two on him. That's probably true. Yeah, I think that's, that's the only thing that that's the only one where the yeah it, the the actual function of the card is 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 so tied up with the bestow that you're not really going to play it without any gold. Uh, I think yeah, I think you chuck two on him, especially dead early. Uh, but no, none of, none of the rest of the, none of the rest of the bestow cards have been that impactful yet. <laughs> Remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's an all right pack. Okay, good stuff. Right um, and that brings us on, of course, to the fact that it is legal next weekend at Blackwater. And Blackwater, you say, tell me more about this event. Blackwater is um, what many, uh, I think, the vast majority of competitive thrones players would consider to be the fourth most compa- uh, competitive event this year. Mm. Yeah. Could you I'd name the three that are more competitive? The <sighs> Blackwater, more put prestigious. On, put me on the spot now. Do you mean worldwide? Worldwide, more prestigious than Blackwater. More prestigious than Blackwater, than I mean, I'm going to say I'm going to say Stalag. Yes, that's number one. That is the most prestigious. <laughs> mm-hmm. The other two, let me see. I mean, Worlds is quite competitive, right? Nope, not Worlds. Worlds isn't as important as Blackwater. Everyone I love the fact that Worlds isn't nearly as nearly as, nearly as competitive. Well, then, it's, it's competitive, but it's not as it's not as prestigious. I don't think. It's not as prestigious, and it's, and it's in no way anyway. It's in, in, in no way as important as. It's uh, definitely not as fun. It's not as important as Blackwater, anyway. <laughs> um, let me see the other two. Would they be European? Nope. Oh. I mean, I'm waiting for you to say something like, you know, like the Norwich Regional. No. What's the most prestigious tournament so far we've had this year? You were there, man. We were. It was like we talked about it like three weeks ago. Well, do you mean the uh, Here Are Vows tournament? The Here Are Vows tournament is number two. It's definitely number two. Oh, <laughs> on the spot here, man. What's, what's number one then? Well, number uh, one is Starlet, but then here are vowels. Yeah. And number three is the Paramore Invitational. Of course. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Blackwater, a distant fourth, sadly. But uh, it will be a good weekend, so I encourage everybody to come along. Um, if you like the sound of my voice, you'll hear it all day, as I'm the TO, and I'll be shouting at people throughout. Uh, you can call me over for a cheeky rules question about intimidate if you like, and I'll I'll be sure to know the right answer at least half of the time. <laughs> um, it's good fun. Uh, we'll be meeting up around 4 p.m. on the Friday in the uh, in the Shoreditch area of London um, at a pub called the Ten Bells on Commercial Street, which is a, a few minutes walk from Liverpool Street Station. And then uh, around eight nine ish, we'll go and get a curry. Uh, send Keb in ahead to um, to sort out a good deal. Last year we got. It's something like curry, naan, two beers for like 15 quid or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was good. it was very good value. Um, and we'll party the night, night away and then head off to uh, War War Games in Bromley um, to to play Blackwater, which is a road Starlek event. Um, and so the first prize is entrance and accommodation to Starlek and a first round buy at Starlek this year. Uh, and we've got lots of lovely participation prizes uh, Simon Hansen has made lots of lovely little wooden tokens to put on your people, to give them like pirate hats and um, put parrots on their shoulders and smoke pipes and all that nonsense. Um, a Londoner, John Berenger Webb, has made a, uh, a rather fetching uh, alt art uh, Power Behind the Throne plot with myself and my fellow TOs, Whammer and Vince, on it, which uh, I can definitely say with some confidence that I uh, can pull off the bold look 
I think you'll agree to that. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, you make a you make a, a, a cheeky young virus there, so. Mm, yeah, and uh, Very, you may have seen it in the uh, Facebook group because people have been reposting uh, the picture of just Whammer and I looking, me looking yeah. slightly annoyed and Whammer looking slightly confused at whatever people <laughs> have been saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's but yeah, if you haven't seen if you haven't seen these prizes, I would yeah go to the black, the Battle of Blackwater Bay Facebook page because there's pictures of uh, all the um, participation prizes and prize prizes and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all looking very good. Yeah, there's a prize for uh, the jankiest deck, so uh, if you don't feel like being particularly competitive, do come along and uh, get that. The if you don't feel like being competitive, build a janky deck and compete for the jank prize. <laughs> Different kinds of so competitiveness. If you want to be competitive, competitive, compete for a prize. If you want to be differently competitive, is that the best way to put it? I guess then so. Com- I guess so. Compete for something else. Either way, compete. Yeah. And if you come last, then there's uh, quite a nice... Well, the Jank Prize, sorry, was is a uh, is a wonderful Iron Throne trophy where the swords are power tokens. It come out of the it's, it's quite something. It's re- really nice. Yeah. Um, mm. And... Uh, and last prize is some rather nice little boats as power tokens. Said Blackwater Bay on them, so they're quite nice. Um, yeah. And we do have some house cards, uh, which are to be spoiled imminently. <laughs> I only got the art today, so <laughs> which is uh, always useful six days out from the tournament when you get the art sent to you. So yeah, you've got there'll be some express shipping over the next few days, I think. Busy week ahead of you, mate. I do, I do indeed. Well, yeah. look forward. We'll look forward to it. I'll certainly be coming down. Me and my my significant other will be uh, coming down on Thursday for a weekend in London to fanny about and do very, very poorly at the Battle of Blackwater Bay. <laughs> That's fine. It doesn't matter. You've yeah. got you know chance to win those lovely ship tokens. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. And while I won't be overly competitive, I can definitely tell you my wife will be very, very ultra-competitive for that jank prize. So. <laughs> I would expect nothing less from her. Quite right. Yeah. Well, looking forward to it. It'll be really good. Okay. Well, I think in that case, we're just about done. We covered well, the, the salient points. I think we have. I can't think of anything else Thrones-related to uh, to bring up, or even non-Thrones-related. <laughs> played a lot of board games this week, as usual. Played, seen a lot of films this week. Oh, um, but nothing, nothing anyone else would really want to know about. Okay. Well, in that case, we'll leave it there. Let's and, do it. Uh, We'll return in a few weeks with our our Blackwater recap Mm -hmm. and uh, whatever other nonsense we've cooked up in the meantime. Indeed. Looking forward to it. Lovely. So, yeah. um, um, Especially if someone we like wins the Jack Prize. Yeah, definitely. We want to. Yeah, we want to talk about the fucking yeah. top of the deck. Yeah. And That's again, cool. if, if someone we like wins the tournament, then we'll bring them on as well. And if someone we don't like wins the tournament, then we won't talk about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or we'll just just gloss over it very very quickly. So, like what happened, they won. Anyway, what's coming up next? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Um, any word from, from Peel? Is he still? Is no, he gone? I think he's still watching. A... He's he's gone from the chat. Certainly, he's left the chat. Well, I think he's, uh, he's yeah watching TV with Seb. Sadly. That's good. I will advertise it as uh, with guest host Seb. Yeah, quite right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hear him <laughs> in a couple of points. Ah, oh, classic. It's a, it's a format week. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay. 
Well, uh, well, 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 you'll get something, get something out of that, won't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Good. Plenty of stuff there. Excellent stuff. Right, I'm going to go and have some food. Oh, well, you know, you know, at dinner? No, God, no. No. Just been fucking, just ridiculous so lazy. I've, I've, my job, I've kind of cut down to uh, three days a week. So I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays now, which means, which is, which is fine. So I'll work like, you know, half eight to half five, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday become this kind of, you know, my body clock goes out of sync and it's, it's like, a, it's like I'm unemployed for, <laughs> for four days. And then I realize on Sunday night, oh shit, I've actually got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> um, and we go back to being a, you know, a part timer. When, so then I spend a couple of days getting my body clock back in, and then I Thursday again, and it all goes out, out of whack. So, yeah, I'm eating all over the place. I'm sleeping all over the place. Um, I was gigging last night, so I didn't get to bed till about 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, I wasn't even drinking heavily. It was just, just a late night and then a late morning. And Yeah, so it's, yeah, I'm all over the place at the moment. The gig went well by the sounds of it. Yeah, it was fucking great fun. Um, sometimes these gigs are, sometimes these gigs aren't. Sometimes... Um, Saturday nights in this particular venue can be a complete washout, but last night just happened to be pretty fucking busy. And, uh, yeah, yeah, fucking, you know, killed my hand for complaining for two hours solid, but, um, but yeah, it's good fun. Good fun. One of the better ones. Right. One of the better ones. Good stuff, mate. Well, we'll see you Friday, I guess. Uh, yes, you will. Yeah. At roughly 4 p.m. is that's when you arrive. Um, yeah, well, as I said, we'll, well, I mean, that's we'll, when yeah. we're arriving, so if you're there at the time, then, uh, yeah. We shall be in touch. Yeah, great. See you then. Take care, mate. See you later. Bye. Bye. Hello and welcome to Banter Behind the Throne with me, Mr. Thomas Peel. Now, I know this seems a little bit odd, a little bit out of place. I'm not quite sure how it's going to be edited yet. This is just kind of a little sound clip to let you know my thoughts on a couple of cards from the chapter pack that... My colleagues have been reviewing. I call them colleagues. Eh, we'll stick with it for the time being. This is, uh, these are from the Red Wedding <laughs> chapter pack. Now, I was unable to finish recording the other day with my, my two, you know... Uh, oh, I needed to think of two other words. I could call them companions, but I don't think we're that close at the moment. Well, actually, yeah, my two companions. Um, we were recording the other day, and unfortunately I triggered a baby. Uh, and everyone knows when you trigger a baby, it takes six turns before it goes. Uh, you gotta like sing to it, rock it, make it watch telly. Just, just things. They just, they just cry. Um, for those of you who have children, congratulations. For those of you who don't, just, just give it a little bit longer. Just give it till next year if you're thinking about it. Anyway, we've got two cards for you to review. We've got one called Frey Bastard and one called Arbor Vineyard. Now. I've chosen these two cards for two very specific reasons. One, Arbor Vineyard has the Arbor's name in it, and two, Frey Bastard has Bastard in it. And as we all know, Bastard is the nicest sounding word in the English language. It can be used affectionately, you lovely bastard, or it can be used very cold and very sternly, you bastard! Do you see the difference in the voice, just the way it turns? I mean, admittedly, I was shouting for the second one. That's, that's going to sound worse. Eh, we'll be fine. Um, so, Iber Vineyard is the one we will begin with. It is another limited location. It belongs to House Tyrell. They're the green ones for beginners. Uh, they have a marshalling action where you can kneel it, you can get gold, two gold if it's summer, you know, just just generally stuff. So it's effectively a gold-producing location. However, it's not... doesn't really... cost two gold? 
Is it worth it when you can get limited locations that cost nothing? Eh, maybe if you really need to trigger it that particular turn, but I don't see how that would ever be the case. So, uh, that's that review. Overall, not very useful, but not very good. Next one we're going to go into more detail on. Just a little bit more detail, but not an amount. Uh, it's Frey Bastard. Uh, now, those of you who are unfamiliar with the phrase, they're the ones who hosted a coup uh, against the king in the north and effectively let people have a bit of stab. I mean, they weren't the leaders. They're not smart enough for that. Like The Boltons did most of the hard work, but they kind of hosted it. They had it at their house. You know, it'd be like if I invited someone over and got my friend to murder them, I would have hosted a murder. Like That's the context I'm using this in. It's a murder party, not like they did it. Well, they, they did parts of it, I suppose. They shot some... Anyway, they, they had the Coldplay. Oh, if, you, if on the TV show, they had the Coldplay guy, or a drummer from Coldplay, was one of the musicians. Um, fun fact for you there. Uh, Frey Bastard. He is a uh, neutral character, apparently. Cost two, strength one. He's uh, got Besto. Don't really know. Besto seems fun. When uh, the card is played, blah, 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 you get to basically stick two gold on your pot onto that card. Um, or move up to two gold from your pot. So pay two, put two gold on it. Presumably this is how it's going to work. So it's going to cost you four gold. But reaction after you win a challenge in which you control two or more House Frey characters, so her or her father, discard one gold from Frey, bastard, to gain one power for your faction. Now, is that really going to be useful in the long term? No, it's a waste of time. But the concept is there for you to maybe play around with it and we'll potentially see something a bit janky in the future if you've got like 50 of these little things dotted around all over the place and then you're just putting power all over there. But it's just going to get valid or marched or snowed or whatever. It's just it's just not going to be there for long. It's, it's claim soak with a little bit extra. That's, that's it, really. I probably should have picked two better cards. Um, what I can do is an individual review, something a little bit different and unique. Maybe review something that's on a PlayStation. Now, I know what you're thinking. PlayStation, that doesn't have card games on it. But wait, it does. Oh, I turned and everything. Um, it's got a new game on there. It's called Gwen. I've been playing that a lot recently. If you do get a chance to check it out, by all means, it's from The Witcher 3. It's fantastic. It's a really fun, addictive little quick game. You go back and forth. It's effectively, you know, whoever can get the highest number. But there's some card effects which make it entertaining. And it's got a few animations. And if nothing else, it's nice to actually have an interactive platform on a massive media screen and just do it all there. It would be nice. So if you're listening, Thrones, get your asses in gear, catch up, you're behind. But anyway, going back to actual Thrones... That's it, really. Um, that's it. I hope you all enjoy Blackwater. Um, sadly, I won't be there. Unfortunately, a little bit of a financial crisis has occurred and I can't afford it. Um, I am free, though. But I'll probably be doing other things. Other things now. Train tickets, London. Usual fun shit. Um, that's about it. Goodbye.